Film fans, this is Beer Bourbon in a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're just glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 16. <laughs> okay, film fans, today we're going to be reviewing Three Billboards and Mudbound. So, Tawana, what are we going to drink today? Well, I'm sticking really thematically today. Not that I don't normally do, but <laughs> just in case, <laughs> just in know. case you didn't know. Um, so these two films particularly uh, have to do with motherhood, um, and they're very dark, very dark. Uh, one's sort of like a dark comedy, and the other one's is a dark drama, right? Um, and they're really and by dark we mean realistic. We mean realistic, but in <laughs> Mudbound's case, we also mean dark. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like no lights because it's dark in the, <laughs> in the farm yeah, in the middle just, of like. It's, it's a sad period in, a his, sad in our period history of in time America. At the, is it World War One? Yeah. Right. Anyway. So um, so today I'm drinking Keegan's Ale. Um, it's the Hudson Valley's brewery. Uh, Keegan Ale's, uh, they make a beer called Mother's Milk. Uh, and I thought. This would be good representation only because one, it's a stout. It's a it's a sweet stout, which means it's good with like breakfast and grilled meats and um, desserts. Uh, but it's also called Mother's Milk because it actually has milk in it. It's a milk stout. Got it. Got so it. you're drinking beer at, at breakfast time. Uh Whatever you gotta do, babe. Okay. I mean, I'm I not an alcoholic, you. but you know, I, I got play you. one on TV sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so Mother's Milk is is basically, um, it's a dark and creamy milk stout uh, that is renowned for its remarkable smoothness and drinkability. Yeah, the beer pours with a huge, uh, thick tan head, tons of aromas of chocolate, roasted barley, oatmeal, um, and it it's got the addition of lactose, which is milk sugar, and gives it this this famous like smooth and silky feel and taste. It's okay. really tasty. I like it a lot, and I, I thought it would be very complimentary to the films we're doing today. Okay, okay. Well, I hear you. Well, I'm I'm taking it back to uh, Kentucky because I felt like in both of these movies they both could have been set in Kentucky for sure. Yes. Even though neither one were. Yeah. But uh, I'm drinking uh, Basil Hayden today. It's a bourbon out of Kentucky, and it's uh, part of the Jim Beam family of bourbons. Yes. But the thing that's different about this one: one, it's 80 proof. Wow. And two, it's um, it has more rye in it than a lot of the other bourbons that we've tried over the over the year right. on this show. Really rich in quality. It has a it has a, a spiciness to it, but I think that's coming from the rye because it's less sweet mm-hmm. and a little more spicy. But um, and it's been around for a while now because the original formula was from like the early or the late 1700s. Actually, it was uh, 1792. So. 
it's it's just one of those good quality tastes. It's a little more expensive because mm. this year, you know, over the year, last year I've been giving you guys a sample of bourbons that are a little, we went from uh, high quality and bullet mm. to those lower quality brands that are just as good as some of these expensive ones. We had a Japanese one last, last episode, yes, which, which was excellent, by the way. Which a lot of people love, actually, yeah, on the, social media. Yeah, that Japanese one is very good, and we're going to be back on that. Don't worry. Yeah. But um, this one also very very good, very high quality, very expensive actually, just to buy, but um, very tasty. And I, I recommend you guys trying a bunch of different things because there's a lot of good bourbon out here, and I, I'm so glad that we're experiencing it. And uh, this is also part of the whole, you know, family. And actually, <laughs> old granddad comes out of this family of bourbons too, because uh, yeah. the same the same maker, oh, same maker created old granddad. And so I'm like, okay, this is this is quite interesting to taste. So it's the same distillery. Yes, in the same distillery, yeah. but this brand, the the great grandfather, uh-huh. old granddad was named from this brand. Oh, so okay. I'm very excited about it, and it's very good. And and old granddad is always a go to for me because it's like right. 90 proof, huh. and, uh, yes, it was. and a lot of fun to take. But uh, once again, it just brings me back to the the stillness of Kentucky in this time where. These movies have this this element of southern, almost not southern gothic, but it's a southern. It's like sun, southern renaissance. Yeah, there's like a, there's something that I felt like we needed to experience this kind of bourbon with it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, let's start chopping up the movies. Yeah. Okay. All right, so first movie up, Mudbound. Okay, let's do it. Um, by one of my becoming one of my. Um, more favorite directors. I mean, she's a young director. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably around the same age. But, um, yeah, she's she's becoming one of my favorites, and I think she's an important voice, um, not only for um, LGBT folks like myself, but also for women of color. Right, for sure. Um, and her name is Dee Reeves. She's the director of Mudbound. And uh, if you don't know her work, she's done Pariah, uh, and she's done Bessie with uh, Queen Latifah. Right. Um, both outstanding films. Both she's outstanding a, films. Amazing filmmaker. She's an amazing filmmaker, and she's serious about her shit. And she's from Brooklyn. And she's from no, no, no. She's she lives in Brooklyn. She now. lives in Brooklyn. Yeah, she's, she's from the south somewhere. She, I think she's Midwest, actually. I don't know. We got to find out about we that. Probably find that. I'm gonna look it up while we're jump, talking about her. We jump into that, but yeah, but um. We we've actually met her. Yes, we've a done weeks ago. a like few a uh, like a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, we usually do the media room for the PGA, um, PBNY New York, the PGA's um, conference right. in New York. That's the Producers Guild of America, by the way, not the golf tournament. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> so um, so we do the media room, and we're in a sort of a cave the entire day just interviewing all the various producers that come through. And she was one of them, her and um, King. Mm-hmm. Her, her, um, one of our producing partners. Producing partners. He's up and coming, too. Um, and anyway, so they came and sat down and spoke about Mudbound. And I bring all this up to say that she inquired whether I was a cinematographer and, uh, or DP and was interested and I say that because she is interested in promoting women in the media field in general, especially when they're at their highest. I don't know if I'll get a phone call, but 
I hope you do. I hope I do too. <laughs> and just to let everybody know, D is from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Originally. I knew. I knew she was. Somewhere. She's from the south. Yeah. And uh, she's okay. forty years old. Yeah. She's doing so. her thing and. Uh, very talented director. I think there's going to be so much more coming from her. Yeah. Her alma mater is uh, Florida A&M University, and then she also went to uh, NYU. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. She did go to NYU. So she is doing her thing right yeah, now. Yeah, she's doing her thing. So, yeah, so anyway, so she she promotes, she likes to promote women filmmakers. It's not that she's biased against men, but she, she thinks it's really important right. to bring out our attributes and our talents. Uh, case in point, uh, her DP is Rachel Morrison. Who is an ASC candidate? Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who are just listening to the show and don't know what that is, it is the American Society of Cinematographers. You have to be invited to join this. Um, wow! So that's a society. very prestigious honor. It's a very prestigious honor. Uh, the Brits have one too. Uh, I think it's called BSC. Uh, but anyway, so that means they they take a look at your work in totality as far as you've gone and. They actually pick out pieces of your work and nominate you mm-hmm. to join their society. And then once you're in, you're in. It's like kind of having an MD behind your name. Right. Um, so anyway, so Rachel's amazing. Uh, she's a woman, of course. Um, not a woman of color, but nevertheless. Very talented. Very talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's, okay, so you ready, folks? She is the DP of, she's a DP of Black Panther. That's coming in February. Coming in February. She's done Dope. She's done uh, Fruitvale Station. She's done Cake with Jennifer uh, Aniston. Oh, that one. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. all very sort of like uh, interesting dramatic films. Right. Um, with the acceptance of Black Panther, but that's well, that's going to be dramatic in its own sense. But yeah. <laughs> even though it's comic book. And I'm uh, so ready for that. But uh, that's uh, another day. That's like. When does that come out? Uh, it comes it's in out February. In February, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, it's definitely in February. There are planned screenings around it. Yeah. In super blackness. There'll be black people all over the I, country. I'm just saying, it's like knowing. Issa Rae. I'm rooting for everyone black. Yeah, it's going to be a <laughs> Every black person I know will show up like Martin Luther King or Malcolm X was giving a speech. They're exactly. going it's gonna to be, be lined up like the Nation of Islam. Yeah, it's going to be big. <laughs> what, should, what should we do for that screening? We are definitely reviewing it, Harlem? for one. Harlem or... We should go to Alamo. Harlem. Okay. You, you feel like Harlem's going to be too hood. That's I don't... I don't, I don't... <laughs> I love Harlem, no disrespect, but yes. I, I want to see it. I would actually love to see it in the Brooklyn Alamo... But see, my problem with Brooklyn Alamo is if we can't, can you laugh? Because it's like a Nazi regime in there, right? <laughs> no, we can laugh. I mean, I don't know because I haven't been invited. We can uh, laugh. Uh, 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 uh. Sounds like someone who hasn't actually been. I right. haven't been uh, no. because I've been hated but on I twice. Think, I mean, Va- I don't Va- know. Vaughn and I have gone like three times. Twice, now? you stabbing yeah. no, bastards. I think it's three times, actually. Either way, she's already got a count. Wow. <laughs> anyway. It was three times. <laughs> but anyway. Blade wow. Runner. Uh, it's wow. been twice. All right, so anyway, one? what was the other one? We're digressing a little bit. I know, let's, but let's... I like it. <laughs> if you can ah. see my face, <laughs> listeners. Alex, it's good to have you back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, see, we digress so a little bit. So we're we're Same. definitely going to be <laughs> reviewing. Just so everybody knows, we're definitely going to be b- reviewing uh, Black, Black Panther. Panther. For sure. We'll be all ready, and all of us will be seeing the film. We'll all go see it together. Let's we see it will together. see it together, or mm-hmm. they will die. And okay. I will do this show with new people. And you know, 
Hey, Dead. maybe we'll do some little little uh, side recordings at uh, yeah, the we'll screening. Might have to. Yeah, yeah I think that I would think be so. fine. That would be we nice. should take the Zoom mic with us. Yeah, and do some recording and get some because at the Alamo there's that wa- there's that bar that's like a it's like a wax museum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we could grab so we could grab like a bourbon cocktail and so and they've got some really they nice get, beers. They do have nice beers. The drafts are like seasonal, yeah. but they've got some nice bottles. Mm-hmm. So we could just like yeah. We could do a little ad hoc record at the bar, get a yeah. nice cocktail, go in. Yeah, it'll be, be nice. fun. That would be nice be to finally go. go. Get a little in situ foley. Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can I laugh? Am I allowed to yeah. laugh? You're allowed to laugh, but you just can't get be on your, the phone. Get your mouth on that, girl. Oh, Come on. man. <laughs> you just can't be on the phone in the Alamo. So just so you know what just happened. Um, <laughs> Tawana's beer overflowed because it's a stout Tawana, with a huge creamy head. Yeah. Yeah, all that. Tawana did not tilt her glass while she poured a stout. I did not, and that makes me seem horrible. She's having some moments here, y'all, but it's the new year. I'm going to slide on that. Yeah, that was just a moment. I and, didn't uh, tip that glass. Yeah. What's wrong with me? But she, she, We're good. She, it's clean. We're she, good. Got, she got around it quicker than a cricket on Sunday. So. <laughs> I did. Yes, she did. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was no spillage. Well, there was I'm, a little spillage, but not bad. I'm good at what I do. All right, so let's get back. <laughs> anyway. Let's get back to the movies for the so, purpose of the fans. For the purpose of the fans. Well, the, they like the banter. That's yeah, perfect. Yeah, sure. Anyway, yeah. so Mudbound. Mudbound is an American period drama. Dec- uh, like I said, uh, directed by D. Uh, written by D and Virgil Williams. I don't know Virgil too well. Um, based on a novel by the same name by a woman named Hillary Jordan. Mm-hmm. And it stars uh, Carrie Mulligan, Garrett Hedlund, Jason Clark, uh, Jason Mitchell, and Mary J. Blige, who did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. The film depicts two World War II veterans, uh, one white, one black, who return to rural Mississippi each having to address racism and PTSD in their own ways. Right, definitely. You know, there, and I grew up in the South, folks. I'm from yes. uh, the great state of South Carolina. And, uh, it, I hate that, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why people seem to attach themselves people to that. People love that. I hate it. So you'll never, you'll never ever hear me saying anything about a cackalack. But I don't really say much. As so. far as the state of South Carolina goes, this <laughs> film reminded me of of South Carolina a lot, and um, it, it's just so. There's something about growing up in the rural South that that just there's a stillness to it. There's a, you, you're out there on the farm. You're just having to survive by right. your wits. And, and the community, the community kind of works together in that way. Yes. And this film kind of showcased what it's like in farm life and that sharecropping life yes. back in the, what's that, the 40s of World War II and, and how we're literally just still in that racist South of coming out of the Civil War and all of that and, 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 and segregation is, is prime still mm-hmm. where, where black men and women still had to go through the back doors of places and and, and, and and could not be respected as men and women. And there was just something so haunting and sad about it living in, in Trump nation now where we're doing that to, to immigrants, basically. But it's, it's just, there were so many moments in this film where I was just like, because you can serve your country and be willing to die for your country and, and be respected by other people in Europe and come back to the U.S. and be treated less than a dog. Completely. And there's just something 
there's something that's so that actually still happens. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it's just it's the sadness in that in in the fact that we're talking about it in 2018. I think decapture that moments, those mm-hmm. moments in time where you could where you're struggling to find your place because the father in the film, he was so happy to see his son, but he was always checking his son when he came back to say, "Okay, you're back in the US now and you are a war hero." Yes. But remember where you are. And remember the situation that we're in. Right. So he was there was constantly this conflict because he wanted to keep his son alive. Well, that was you know what, what I mean? it was. He he wasn't concerned about changing his mind. He was concerned right. about keeping him alive. Just keeping him alive. And the fact that they had to deal with this and and there were the 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 little monologues where people were talking about how they were like they would they would break out into these little the backstories those inner talks oh, beautiful right where they would talk about how they were feeling in the moment yes. or and, and Mary J had this moment of talking about taking care of other people's kids yes. while leaving her kids at home. Right. There's the, Which there's I absolutely this, love. Just something very powerful about and, that. And we resonated with it right. because we're African-Americans and we have families that were sharecrafters. Right, right. And, and my grandparents were. Yeah. And, you know, and I... And That's I, what was mine. I can't even imagine the kind of struggle that they had to go through. But it, it just... Minimal education. Right. And they, but they, they made it happen and they raised their kids and they had families and homes and all these things that we think are just so great right now, but just to yeah. imagine having to struggle for all of that. You know, it's like... And deal with racism and white people trying to burn absolutely. down your house and, and kill you at every moment absolutely. of the day. It's so. like Mary says, like, uh, learning how she she remembered seeing her mom only in the morning because mm-hmm. her mom would go and take care of someone else's kids. It was and a quote she, about seeing her in the dark. Yeah, and she swore she would never have to do it to hers. And then when it happened, she was just like, well, I'm in this circumstance. Right. But there was another, um, speaking of the mother's part, uh, Carrie Mulligan plays right. Laura, Laura McAllen. Mm-hmm. She had a line that was stunning to me. And it was, violence is part and parcel of country life. Absolutely. And I, she was like, everything you see, now I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, everything you see is death from the weeds to the various body parts like of like animals you find. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it, it smells like death. It's just right because it, the dying the, carcasses of things. The dud, the mud, mm-hmm. and and you can never be clean. And they were like, they got to wash like once a week. Right. Yeah, because I mean, Which we lived in a time mind. where you know there wasn't indoor plumbing, so you had a right. situation of. When you're doing the wash, that was also the day when right. you would do your bathing. Right, but you bathe like on the porch. Yeah, because there wasn't in front of the world. There wasn't anything indoors. Yeah, so you just had to do what you had to do. But it, there was so many, like I said, there was so many powerful moments from mm-hmm. the perspective of the women in the film mm-hmm. and how they they told the story, navigating that life. Right, you know, on on the farms, and right. and they were very respectful of one of their husbands, and that was the nature of the time. Yes, but I think that they also knew that they had to hold on to not only their sanity but the family and keeping everybody together, and and just keeping the the household running while the husband was handling all the shit that he had to deal with, whether right. it be managing the farm and the money of the farm or in the case of the the black family right. the the father and husband right. he was a community leader he was the preacher yes. in the town and he had to deal with working for 
this white man on this farm and and navigating how I'm going to make money for my family while this white man was constantly trying to take whatever he made for his family because they were both in the struggle. Well, yeah, well, because essentially the McAllens were the contractors. Right, exactly. They were both in the struggle. Right. And they were both very poor. But once again, there was white white privilege at play. Yes. There was white privilege at play. So it it spoke to when when uh the white woman's kids were sick. Yes. Okay, well, I gotta do something about this. He couldn't get to the doctor. So he, he just would assinuate himself. Right. He just had to go to the black family. Okay, can you help me? And and it was his his ask was almost a demand. It was yeah. almost like she didn't even have a chance to say no. Well, there was one time and I don't wanna say it because um, I don't want to say who it is, but um, there's one time where he asked at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You see, McAllen ask um, the father, who actually I want to say his name. Excellent um, actor, by the way. It's always they good were to see all him. All excellent actors. Everybody did such a um, fantastic job. His name job. is Rob Morgan. Yes, he's his been name. around for a long oh, time. Oh yeah, Rob's been around for a while. But his name was Hap, Jan- Hap Jackson in the film, and so. Um, Henry McAllen asked of Hap, we just, we don't know what any backstory. He sees them coming along, their family is full, and the, the wagon's full of their family, and the Jacksons are going along in the car, and he is burying a body, like a coffin. We don't know oh, who's yes. in the coffin, mm-hmm. we don't know what's happening, but we know he's insinuating himself onto their life, and almost demanding that they come help bury this body. And we know something's wrong because everyone seems like, what the fuck? Right, right. How dare you? Yeah. There and then so that many... leads into stuff that right. we, we there won't There were so tell many you ironies that happened in this film, and I think that... So many. I, I, but I have to say, I'm so glad that Netflix did it, and it was a great partnership between Netflix yes. and, and D. Rees and yes. that... This film is out there, and I want more people to see it. We spent a lot of time, folks spent a lot of time watching Bright, which was another Netflix film, which we'll talk about in another episode. But I think that people also need to give this a look because, and this film is going to get a lot of buzz because it's getting already Golden Globe buzz for the cast and Mary J. Blige and her performance and and so on and so forth. But I think that it will actually get some Oscar buzz too, or at least I hope it will. Yeah, and I hope they get it because I think. Charles D. King, which is the one of the producers, mm-hmm. and uh, and the, I, I think they really, I re- really think they deserve a lot of recognition. Right, for, they hit all the they hit all the marks with this, and I think that it's just, I'm I'm so glad that we get to see some of these these smaller stories that had such an impact on what the culture is in America because we're very we're not really that far from all of this time period right now. Well, you know, we we think we are, but in reality, when you see people like Sessions and Trump sitting up in the White House, we're really not that far well, from it. Sessions is from like 1939, right. and has not really grown at all. Very much far at yeah. all in his mind. It's right, so. still World War II, and we're still uppity slaves. So <laughs> right, a little bit bigger than little, slaves. A little bit bigger yeah. than uppity slaves. Mm-hmm. Know it all. You right. know it all, right? But I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. And I'm, I'm so glad Mary got to shine in this film because she really, she did a lot better than I've seen her. She do. really did and a I was good happy job with this. Yeah. She, she was, she was very much in the moment. She yes. felt like a parent 
an, a mother. She did feel like a mother. Hurting for her her child and she her did. children. Because, you know, you have to think, well, my son is off at war. I don't know what's going to happen to him. Yes. I'm already living in dire straits here. Yes. And trying to manage my family. But I'm still yes. praying every day for the survival of my son. Yes. And this film captured that. And she did a great job. I, I'm, yes. I'm so proud of her for her performance. Yes, in, she in did. In this role. She didn't she get nominated or something? She's already been. She's uh, they're talking. She's getting a lot of buzz right she now. She getting a lot of buzz. I swear she got nominated. Yeah, she I could, could have. We're gonna look it up because but, I, yeah. I feel like she's gonna get some Screen Actors Guild credit, and also she's definitely gonna get Screen Actors Guild. And they've already been nominated as a cast from the Golden Globes. Yeah, and I mean I, special shout out. Can you look up the guy who plays the son? Yeah, Jason Mitchell. He. He's he's amazing. He was in. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. He was in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, he, he was Easy E. Easy E. Yeah, he was so good in this movie. I love the the connection between he and the and the the white. The white, brother. Uh, the white brother. They were so good in this film together. I could just watch their scenes all day because there was so much. There was so much power in the suffering uh, yeah. of the returning Jamie was soldier. The right. name. There was so much power in that. And we don't spend a lot of time talking about the impact of war. You know, yes. we love to talk about how war and we want to, you know, play our big, big penises and our big missiles all the time. <laughs> there is something to be said about my, my buttons bigger than yours. Right. My, my buttons, buttons bigger, bigger than, than, yours. than yours. You know, there is something to be said about the And it works. 60 percent of the time, every time. Right, sixty percent. Vomitorium, right? But my point <laughs> is, beyond Trump and his foolishness, I think that there is something to be said about the impact of war on the soldier. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that this film spoke to that in a way. And during a time when they weren't even allowed to associate with each other as men, for example, you know, he could not ride in the car. With this white man, this black man could not ride in the same car. Yeah, he couldn't ride in the cab. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, you could be in the back of the truck and whatever, whatever. Right. You can walk along the side, right. but your ass could not sit up he there. Could not sit in the front. You know, even if he had saved this man's life a million times, you know, over overseas, right. there just couldn't be that moment in America because no. this is this is facts, y'all. Well, I know yeah. a lot of people don't know their history in America, but this is facts. Right. So my thing is, if you can't even walk in the same room with this man. You know, as men, yeah, I think there's something to be said about that. But they found the kinship in their service to well, the country. Their kinship, yeah, was in their service to the country and their battles with uh, PTSD. It was definitely a nice little take how how they showed the vet struggle with mm -hmm. uh, PTSD, and I really appreciated how it how it how it ended. She could have really like. Ended it with so much heat and pain right. and suffering and just handed a sorrow and ended it like in this trail. But right. instead she chose to me to end it in this sense of love right. and this sense of uh, gratitude. And 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 it, it, it may sound crazy, but after years of watching stuff like this, you, you either get desensitized or you get really angry at watching. Right. Your story, at least our story as African-Americans, but I think it, it had such a, a personal touch. Right. And, and for me, it made me happy to know that I'm not going to walk away from this in tears and angry. I'm, I'm just going to walk away, you know, going like, wow, all this was right. done right. for love out of like 
survival in these times. Everyone right. had to find a way to endure. Yes, and and it it, it was beautiful in the way because as I watched because I watched it twice because I wanted to see it again closer to the time of the podcast that that she she laid out the story as a director to where you saw hints of what could be yes and then what actually happened yes and i think that i'm not going to give you the details i want you everybody right. to watch i really it. want you guys to watch the this. twist is, is is great but i think that there was there was something about the power of one those two guys friendship yes. and respect for one another yeah as men as men and and as soldiers that they had to it just weaved its way Absolutely. to telling the story in the way that it did and right. i think that um and they both they both made sacrifices in it but i think that the it was the whole film was about sacrifice it was it was 100% about sacrifice and the and the struggle just to survive and i think that yes. people think of america as this great you know, this great place where you can come and you can make your money and you and can live these great lives. Opportunities. And that, that all these things happen. But there are people living day to day in a struggle. Even the, when you saw those the poor white family where the, the, the father was kicked out of the farm and yeah. he was forced to move. And, yeah. and the wife of this man, you know, was the one in the battle to try to save it and try to break this yeah. feather. There, there were so many little subplots happening that I thought that was just so... It was so telling about what what women what, have to do. What women have to do one to to keep their families together and 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 to keep everything whole. Yes, even when they're going through sacrifice. Yes, and struggle themselves. Absolutely, I wanted to say, you know, I really, I really love the beginning narration. Yeah, I want to take a second to talk a little bit more about the craft. Go ahead. Um, but I wanted to say I really love the beginning narration. I really love the backstories and the segues worked mm -hmm. so well. Mm -hmm. um, the segues, especially between uh, the war at home and the war abroad and the sort of like comparisons and flashbacks. And then also, in a sense, the telling of what happened. Right. So it was like a telling of what happened, but also a flashback, but right. also a segue. It had such multi-levels to right. this. You know, it was really, really interesting. Um, I also really like, um, in terms of the craft, the lighting. First of all, Rachel does amazing things with black skin. And I think it's amazing to say this because the same thing is being done with Issa Rae's Insecure, mm -hmm. which is also DP'd by a white woman cinematographer. Right. Because um, people are finally realizing that black skin and white skin doesn't look the same way on camera without certain lighting. Well, yeah, not, <laughs> not only that, I just feel like, you know, it's almost like they're also being shot by another minority who's like, wait, we need to like pay attention to how we're doing things. Yeah. We need to pay attention to how people are being viewed. We need to pay attention to how things are being shot. You know what I mean? Um the woman in, in question, by the way, the, the cinematographer Insecure, her name is Ava Burkowski. Um, mm -hmm. She's actually really good. And, like, if you've seen, I think she's almost this, one of the reasons why CoverGirl has changed the way they're shooting Issa in their in campaigns. The campaign. mm -hmm. Because they're developing 
great, beautiful lighting for people of color. And I just wanted to make mention of that. The lighting um, that Rachel Morrison, the DP, employs uh, for the darks and the shades, the silhouettes of bodies in these dark cabins in, like, the 30s, uh, where today they had electricity, but it was, like, very minimal. Not everybody had Not it. Not everybody mm-hmm. had it. This was very rural. Mm-hmm. Um just it was it was beautiful it was like poetry it was just like creating these sepia nights you know it was very beautiful and i I remember we were just talking about um the music how it set the tone and the mood so nicely that was tamar carly absolutely um the camera angles are stunned they're so clever and i think there was this bond they created it's this these women bonding together, as you were just saying, how the women were, were holding up. But it was this, this thing where the women were bonding together to sort of survive, mm-hmm. you know. And it's almost like enduring this 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 ending of a war, which was sort of bittersweet for the victory for some. Especially, you know, when your home isn't as friendly as right. where you once were, right? right? So with all that being said... Uh, the character structure was amazing as well, of course, because there were so many levels to what they were on the surface, who they were as people, and who society saw them as. Right, right. And I just love how well, you know, well it was, it was interesting r- because written the, and developed. Um, the women in the film were were allies with each other. Mm-hmm. No matter what their race was. Completely allies. They were definitely allies in the film, whether you were black or you were white. They worked together because they understood that at the end of the day, it was about our right. family right. And, and doing what we had to do to take care of each other. And right. they, they actually took care of each other. But what's so funny is I think that whether it was good or bad, white women and black women in the South have been allies for a long time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was allies in survival. Sometimes it was allies in in just creating uh, life and and sometimes it was like even though they were allies but enemies yeah they were still allies in a sense for the same good you know because right. at the end of the day they were still women and mothers and, right. and trying to the secure the enemy families. of my enemy is my friend right so the deal right so I, I do love that she showed that and I, I I love I just really love the personal touches of this and I really appreciate how how much we really created such such a good loving sense at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I wanted to like be crying like 12 years a slave. I didn't actually want to be crying. I, I was hoping I wouldn't be crying. Right. But um, I just love the way it ended. And we're not spoiling it for you because I really, really need you guys to to see it. Yeah, I'll, I, it's, it's one of my favorite films. I'll of- actually... 2017. Yeah, so definitely. And moving forward, I, I just, yes. I'm just so, I'm so proud of the the moments that they captured in the in the time, and that I want people to realize that, you know, we're we come from such a place of hardship, struggle, work, power, influence, but I think that it's about keeping our families together, building our yes. homes, and and the, the talk about the land and wanting the land. I, there's just so many times 
in my life hearing yes. my grandparents talk about yes. how important it is to have land ownership yes. and to it be your land and not something that you have to share yes. with someone else. And, and yes. they, they were very prideful about the fact that, that they own property. Property and a home. You know, and I feel it's so crazy that I'm living in a time now, living in New York City, where well, we can't afford you can't shit. even afford your own home. You know, you're you're barely able to afford your rent. But I think that Seriously. we have to get to a place. This this movie brought back those memories and and why that was important. It did just for some it some did. sense of some sense of pride and ownership. Because a lot of times when you see depictions of people of color and minorities, you don't see that sense of pride that people have. You don't see that that sense of family and yes. and love and caring yes. that you would have for your for not only your children but also for each other yes. cuz Mary yeah. Mary and her husband yes. loved each other loved you know each other I mean? deeply they loved each other in that moment where they danced together yes. where he was healing from his injury yes. and, but he said well what is a man if he can't dance right. with his wife there was there was something so beautiful and so simple about that you know another beautiful scene that I was in love with was the scene in which um, Jason Mitchell, this, I'm sorry, I want to know, I want to tell you his exact name. Um, Jason Mitchell plays the son, and his name is Ronzel. Right, Ronzel. Ronzel Jackson. Okay, mm -hmm. so in the film, Ronzel Jackson is sitting on the porch, and it's beautifully lit, and it's so sepia crimson not crimson copper mm -hmm. it's this copper feel and tone to it and they're sitting on the porch listening to like are they listening to like fireworks or church music or something it's the church it was the church having like a revival or something mm -hmm. they were listening to it on the porch and he bought her a chocolate bar this is what he brought Roselle brought brought Ronzel brought his mom Florence mm -hmm which is played by Mary J. Blige, a chocolate bar. And to understand this, the first thing she said was, I'll give it to your siblings. And he was like, no, mama, I brought that for you, and I'm going to watch you eat it. Right, because she wouldn't have eaten she it She wouldn't have way. eaten it. And to watch her enjoy it. Right. It was that very little special. tiny piece of joy that she got, which she never receives, Right. to take for herself that moment and he watched to do it. It was beautiful. And then she went again to fold it, and he was like, no, mama, I'm going to watch you eat that whole bar. Right. It was just like, I just want to see you have joy, and you deserve it. Right. On these brick steps, the harshness, the darkness, but there was something so, it was like a lullaby. It was so sweet to see the two of mm -hmm. them interact with and that. He said, and he said to her at the end of it, I love you, mama. Yeah, I love you, mama. And she said, I love you, too. And it was just so... It was very simplistic. It was very, a very simplistic. It was a very private, personal moment very in private, the film, and I think that it, it captured something about their relationship. And she even in yes. her in her, in her monologue, she talked about praying only for him, even, yes. and, even though she had all these kids, that she yes. was praying for him while he was out at uh, war, because that's that's what she felt like she had to do as the mother to protect him. Do you remember that scene from behind yeah. with those glasses, and yeah. then from her from behind watching him pull away? Yeah, and when she turned away. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. And it reminds me of the P.A. Pennebaker shots of... Enveloping the scene, 
as you're represented as the character, mm-hmm. and you see everything going on in the room as the character enters the room or the person, you know, because he did docs, right? So as the person enters the room, you got to see everybody interact and react to their presence. Right. You got to feel her moment in time. Well, you definitely, you definitely got that. It that. was such beautiful representation in it. There was also the moments when, when um, the white woman was yeah. with her children. Yeah, um, Laura. When she was with her children, yeah. it was also the same kind of thing. It was like a juxtaposition. Yes. Because every time she was with her children, you felt that space. When she was bathing them, yes, when, when she, she was bathed bathing. herself, yes. and she was trying exactly. to have that. Pre- like she put the sheets up so yes. she could have that moment Yes. just with them. Yes. And it was, there was, it was those same kind of tellings. And yes, we got it all verbalized yes. with Mary and her son. Right. But I think that it was just such a... The beauty of this film was that you had those times like that. Right. And you also had it when the two men were off in that little that barn, little, like, cabin-like yeah, room. Yeah, cabin-like barn. Where they barn. would just sit and they talk yeah, about like their war barn. experiences. Yeah, and, and how, they would drink, share right, booze. They would share the bourbon or whatever they were drinking. Yeah. I'm sure it was bourbon. I'm sure it was bourbon. They would share those moments where they were talking about their experiences at war, and they were they were one on one and man on man to man talking about their experience. There wasn't a, it wasn't about race. It wasn't about it race. wasn't about any of that culture or anything like that. It two was just men, about two vets, two vets experiencing, experiencing. their their lives together. And and yeah. and, and even the um, the white airman was telling about yeah. talking about the fact that he was saved by yeah Jamie an was airman that was black Jamie yeah um, played by Garrett Hedlund was talking about how how he was saved by the red tails right and you know that that within itself opened his eyes opened I'm sure because based on how he was raised and his father but he was already yeah, a he was little already elevated yes above his brother he even absolutely. had that 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 Carrie Elway's accent you know what I mean absolutely and he was he was ready for it but I think that he had a certain kind of respect yes for this man as a man mm-hmm. you know what i mean it wasn't about what you know he they saw the world in a different place same thing right had brains blown on them had seen death and murder and right. and and i can't imagine what that must be like to have to endure war right to have to be in a place where it's you versus another human being right. and then realizing how much death has amassed around you. And then coming home and not living that life anymore and having to remove yourself from something you've been subjected to for for a period of time. It's got to be, which is why they develop PTSD, and it's got to be earth-shattering. And I I know I have friends that are vets. Me too. They have the same similar experience and and family members for sure. My nephew is one. But I, I think that it's so sad that they're still living this story, yeah. even years later for some, and, and some not yeah. as not as far away. Yeah. But I think that we have to understand in this country that as we we posture about war and war, it is not a game. It is not something that we should be looking forward no. to. We should not be taking it for granted. We should not be taking it lightly. Right. Just watch this film and think, or watch any war film, right. from Platoon to Born on the Fourth of July to right. any of those. And just think about the impact of think war. Think about the impact. And I, I'm so glad that, that D, as a a black woman living yes. in America, captured this time for all of us to see. And she was able to tell a man's story yeah, too, which she I thought was very interesting. Very well, very well, very well done. Yes. Because you know what? To me, I think 
What Dee does best is not tell women's stories or men's stories or black stories. I think she tells human stories Mm -hmm. and she makes it so important. And so she makes it available for you to open up and to be touched by these people, no matter where they come from. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And I, I think, I think she's a great talent. I wish her well, and I hope that she's doing a bunch of things because I saw an IMDb. There might be a little horror flick coming, so I'm interested. Oh, I'm very excited. See to See if you got goes. a little Get Out vibe going. Yeah, I'm very excited. To that see would that be goes. amazing. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about um, Three Billboards. Yes. So um, we got Three Billboards. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it has a very long title. I wish they just. It has such a long title. It is titled Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I mean, once you see the film, you understand why the title is so long. Yeah. But it is kind of long. Anyway, Three Billboards, um, directed by Martin McDonough, uh, is the story of a mother who personally challenges the local authorities to solve her daughter's murder when they fail to catch the culprit. I can't. There's so I have so many. I love this movie yeah, so you much. You put me on this movie. I really wasn't interested at the first. The minute I saw the first trailer for this movie a year ago, yes. I knew I had to see it and when we had to talk about it. Yes. Frances McDermott. Frances McDermott is awesome. She is a beast. She is a beast. She she owned this movie the entire time. Yes. And there's there was just so many wonderful moments in this oh, film. Oh, so many she's moments. A, she's a mother trying to find the killer of her daughter, and she decided, I'm not going to give up until we find somebody. Well, she too, just like Mudbound, was a woman. I would say the entire the entire cast was, it was, the film was really about survival in the times in which they were and how people naturally have to endure tragedy. Yes. And what they need to do to get through it. By the way, Frances McDormand, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, Caleb Laundry Jones, who was really good as Red. Yes. Um, I, by the way, just saw this film like a few hours before we record today. Now, uh, Caleb was in, you know, Caleb was in Get Out. Remember him? Yeah, Caleb was the brother in Get Out. But Caleb yes. is awesome. He is fantastic. He's awesome. He's also a little creepy though. He's, he's fantastic too because you don't know if he's going to be good or bad. But you, he's, he's always fun. He's the Stephen Lang of of the millennial time. <laughs> I think so. He's creepy, but you don't know if he's going to. What was my word? You kill don't know you if he's going to kill you or fuck you. It's true. You. It's so true. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it, there were a lot of people in this film. Um, Abby Cornish. I should. I will be remiss if I don't mention her. She was the wife. She was Anne. She was um, yes. She was the sheriff's wife. Right. I wanted to say something about her because I thought she didn't. She wasn't great about having her accent. No, she didn't even try. But I think I don't think like it was a major part of the character. Yeah, I don't think they were trying uh, to hide it. Maybe I think she was just she married. He married a woman from another place. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's she's from Wales. She's Australian. Yeah. But um, I don't think. She could have just been another woman, some woman he met, mm-hmm. and he fell in love with when she was Australian. Right, because uh, we live in the world now where you can meet any kind of people everywhere. Uh, uh, it depends on who you like are. Like you, Alex. Like you, Alex. Kiwi's rule. Kiwi's rule. Anyway, Aussie I thought... Drew. Aussie Drew. All right, we're <laughs> going to stay out of that. 
<laughs> you don't want to get in the middle of that antipathy no. and feud. America's yeah, got enough that. issues. Yeah, we got enough without y'all. I mean, uh, can we say Israel or right? We'll just leave um, that over there. Or uh, I don't know, Korea. Any of those. Pick one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so the acting was uh, really amazing. I love all these actors equally. I think when you watch this film, I think you um, sort of assimilate, not assimilate, I think you develop an attachment to one of three characters. The sheriff played by Woody Harrelson, the mother played by Frances McDormand, or the deputy played by um, Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Um, I feel like you, Vaughn um, connects with, with Sam, Rockwell, Sam Rockwell, and I connect with Frances. Um, but I, I thought they were both all equally fantastic. Um, I just want to say this one thing. The writing was so amazing. The puns, the, cause it was basically a dark comedy and it, I, it was trying to be funny. I think, right. Purposely trying to be funny, yeah. but it was just dark. Yeah. And it was just like playing on each other's um failures and and flaws so hardcore but essentially for me it was just like this mother who was once again sacrificing so much to solve her daughter's murder she essentially sacrificed her community her relationships her safety her sanity her self-love, all for the sake of the retribution of her daughter's murder. You know, and it was is brutally funny, um, so dysfunctional, but in a, in a good way. In like uh, that film with with uh, Julia Roberts and Meryl Streep. Remember that one? It was, uh, it won an Oscar, and uh, it was all about this family dinner they had oh yeah Osage County oh so yeah 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 Didn't August know. Osage County August yeah August Osage County mm-hmm. it was very much dysfunctional that. Mm-hmm. dysfunctional like that but it, it was like it was not um just familiar it was also like individually like community wise dysfunctional just gripping spellbinding uh, ultimately it was, well you realize what happens yeah. in a community when because. At the end of the day, she was attacking somebody that was very prominent in the community, but she and she also re- loved and respected this man. Yes, yeah, it did. wasn't that she did not have respect for him. Yes, but her goal at the end of the day was finding yeah. out who the killer was of her child. Yes. So she she was set upon this is my goal, and by, I don't care who I have to take down by to do any this. means necessary. You know, and she did what she had yes, to do. She did what she had to and do, and even and. and and Woody Harrelson respected that about her. Oh, he totally respected. You know, and he was going. The, his character was going through his own trials and tribulations. Every character had another side. Yes, it was like that adage: "Don't read a book by its cover." Absolutely. You totally thought you knew the character, right? And then you're like, "Oh, here are the right. onion layers behind it." Sam right? Sam Rockwell. So good. Every time he's in the movie, when he's in a movie like this, I can't stop watching him because he just he brings out the, all these little nuances. Right. Because he was this 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 dude who who was in the role of he was a bigoted sheriff, the sheriff deputy, a, a bigoted deputy. Right. He was trying to make his way. Was raised by an ignorant mom. Right. 
who I just knew he was going to kill any second. I thought so too. But it was just, <laughs> it was so nicely played because he was just, all he wanted to do was be a sheriff's deputy. His go, That was his goal in life. He just wanted to be of worth. Right. And that really was it. what his deal was. That was it. And he wanted value of himself. And he just tried he his best to do it. And then he, Woody Harrelson to him represented what he wanted to be. Yes. He, he was his role model. And so it was just... And Woody Harrelson respected him and tried to... Yeah, he was trying to groom him and get him there. Because he saw his he potential. He saw his potential. And so it was so interesting to see how it all played out in the film. And at the end of the day, you know, he's still a kind of anti-hero in the film. He is because at first way. when you see him... Right. I mean, I'm, I kind of want to say this one thing. in the. In is the, this a spoiler alert? It's not a spoiler, but... It's derogatory term. You can say it. Go ahead. Fuck it. We're adults. We're adults. I'm black. Just deal with it. Okay? <laughs> so Francis McDormand is taken in for questioning, and they're waiting for the sheriff to arrive. And it's her and um, Dixon, which is played by uh, Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And he has some previous uh, issues with, some racial biasness. Oh, yeah, for sure. He supposedly held a guy, and this is not spoiling anything. He supposedly held a suspect who was black, by the way, and tortured him illegally. Um, and so she's sitting there, and she has these great one-liners with every single person she knows. She reminds me of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has these great one-liners where she just snaps back. She claps back at people real quick. So she's sitting there, and we by now in the film, we all know about this. This, this controversy with him. And she says to him, how's the nigga torture in business? Mm-hmm. And he God. was like, he was like, um, actually, actually, it's the colored people, people of color torturing business. And there's no torture in business. It was awesome. So he, so he kept saying the torturing, but it's the... But he kept saying the, the torturing. P, it's the PC. But it right. was the PC part <laughs> right, he that, had that he was torturing. worried about. And she, she said that on purpose to really hit him. Oh, my God. And it, it shocks you for a minute because you were like, oh, shit. I love her. Yeah, because in, in, in this film, they use... They use the term nigga and they use the term faggot they use mm-hmm. they're vi- they they throw these terms out but it is missouri but it it feels like and i know, don't want to say that's bad but like some people haven't grown past that no it, it, but it, it 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 was very real it, it was wasn't very real they didn't step a, away from the no. realness of it no but they dealt with it they and, dealt I, with and it. I'm, I'm glad they did it and i remember when i saw the film yes. there were a lot of Older people in the audience, yes. they were watching. They were like, oh, my God. They were like, oh, my God. Right, you know. But like I'm in, just... I'm on the Upper West Side watching it. Oh, you said Upper West Side. You know, and, and you know, the the liberals up there. I started in Midtown with the tourists. Well, the liberals up in Upper <laughs> West Side were just a little offended by mm-hmm. the 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 F, the F word and the N word. Right. They were very uptight about it. And I, and I, I respect that, too. Because we're trying to move forward, we're but I think that be it worked in this story. Oh, it needed because to be of the time and the place and, and the situation that people are dealing with. It because needed it was to be very there. Pure and yes. the set. Once again, when you think about Francis's portrayal as the mom and the fact that the, her last moment with the daughter was 
telling her so painful. I hope something happens to you. That you know, it whatever happens a, to it her. It was just a horrible happens. argument. You know, that and you want to take back after and it you became, find out something it, happens. It became very real. It became very real, and, and it just reminds you of the. And she was regretting this her entire life at that and point. I'm sure that's what led to her, her, her ruthless search. search. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it was really by any means necessary. Right. I'm finding. Almost. The murderer of my daughter. Right. And it kept, you know, the ebb and flow was so amazing because it would lead you to this conclusion and then you'd be like, oh, this is going to happen. And you're like, no, that's not going to happen. Right. But you weren't disappointed. You were like, because they gave you another resolution. And it was like, oh, well, okay, this is solved. No, this is not solved. Right. And the fact that. Oh, my God, what are we doing? Think about it. The the, uh, Francis played an abused woman. She played an abused woman, which they, which they, presented to yes. us she it played an abused wasn't just woman verbs. and it was so <laughs> it was so in her abuse she was still strong and fighting and i felt like oh, he based was, on he the was character afraid of her. based on the character that we, we were seeing she she accepted her abuse and, and it was so sad to me she accepted her abuse in a way to protect her own children yes and that's what i always felt in in her children more, were fighting more survival her children were fighting her. You're okay. Fighting with her. Yes. To kind of, because they saw what the father was doing to her too. I don't know what that is. That what the I children were doing um, to her too. Tawana's phone. No, I'm not ringing. I'm good. It's a feedback. It's, it's not ringing. It's, it's just feedback. The, the signal coming. Feedback. So okay, anyway, okay. sorry if you guys heard that little buzz. Okay. But anyway, it's it's not my buzz from this. Basil Hayden bourbon. <laughs> it's the buzz from the phone. <laughs> There's definitely buzz from the basil. It is. Bourbon. You think yeah. it's for the bourbon? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me try. Let me try. You want to try some? Have some. Pretty good. Side. I've been putting a little but soda water in it. Look. You like it? Because you're offering me a scotch and soda water. I don't. Then do I'll scotch. take a scotch and soda water. It's not bad. I don't do scotch, but you can have it's that. Not bad. But yes. It's not bad. So anyway, back to the film, guys. I think that it was something to be said about being children of abuse, because the son and the daughter were yes. definitely children of the of the abusive situation. Yeah. And and but. She, as the mother, she was willing to do what she had to do to find out who the killer was and to deal with her husband, who was her ex-husband, who was actually countering her. Yes. You know what I mean? He wasn't supportive of her fight and her struggle to find the killer of their daughter. He was still in his moment of upset with her for the divorce and he was oh, dating completely. this 19 year old woman now Yes, and there was all this other backstory going which had the beauty of this film was you had all these other layers of things that was happening to all these different individuals yeah. in the film yeah I mean he actually there were some there were more great actors right so uh, Abercrombie was played by Clark Peters uh, which is I'm just going to say he's a sheriff that's all I'm going to say, because mm-hmm. um, that won't ruin it for you. Clark yeah. Peters, everybody knows him from The Wire. Do yep. you remember him? Yep, he was in The Wire. Um, also, the husband was John Hawks. Excellent actor. Excellent actor. Been around forever. Been around forever. And then we forgot about Peter Dinklage for all the Got fans. Yes, that's my boy. Right? <laughs> all the, all the, he all represented. The Got fans. He, he was represented. in there, and I, I loved him in that. He, he does, represented for all the people with disabilities and so on and so forth. He also he does thing. this little. He's masterful. Masterful little mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to just. He was doing his best viola. He's doing his like ten minutes of greatness, mm-hmm. and then you didn't forget him. Mm-hmm. 
And it was like, oh, you worked perfectly in there. Because he's a scene stealer. He's a scene. There were so many scene stealers that. Yeah. Yeah. Can we even say they stole scenes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They all stole scenes. It was called. It was called acting. It was and, called. You know, the beauty of acting. the beauty of these two movies is that we saw, we got to see smaller stories, no yes. special effects, no special effects, none of that, the, n- not yeah. having to be super superstars, a palate cleanser, but, but actual actors, yes. acting. Yes. And that was the beauty of this work. This was the beauty of this work. And it's a change from what we've been doing and what we've been we've been given, which has been a ton of yeah. this like twenty seventeen has been a superhero uh, crap yeah. and twenty seventeen has been pretty sad. It's not been anything great. But we finally ended the year with some films that were some standouts. Well, you know, they they're pulling it out for the Oscars. It's baby. all about the Oscars it's all about and the Golden, Golden Boy. Boys and all that. And yeah. it, it's coming around soon. So just just to know, I think that these I want you to find this film too. Find this because film. It's I'll, playing actually. Uh it was it was in small release and I thought I would personally miss it. And then this morning I found it playing. Okay, if you're in New York, it's at 34th Street and at 19th Street now. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you'll be able to find it some places. It's not on Voodoo yet, but I'm sure it's coming. I saw it uptown, but um, right. I saw it in you saw uh, it uptown. Lincoln, Lincoln you Center area. You can always find uh, Mudbound on Netflix. Please, so please go to Netflix. anyone can watch this worldwide. Please go to Netflix. I, I, I just think that everybody needs to know there's so much to see out here. Yes. Just give give things a chance and, and, and look at other vehicles other yes. than just your theaters. Because yes. I know people that live in smaller towns and smaller communities don't necessarily have access to all of these films. Yes. But I think that with the advent of Netflix and Amazon Prime yes. and all these things, I think we need to start really looking at some yes. of the Yes, and stuff. I think these films were very, they're very open and viable to people of all races, ethnicities, yeah. cultures, creeds, right. economic uh, statuses, because it, it was all about people just bonding over tragedy and how right. they just survived during times of uh, tragedy. And... Uh, I mean, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I just realized we didn't actually figure out what we're going to watch next, but... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're still going to be listening. It's going to be all good because now we're clearing our palate with all this. Oh, and just so you know, we will be talking about Star Wars. Yes. That'll be coming. We'll be talking about Star Wars. So, listen, film fans, if you like this episode, please be sure to like, follow, and, and share on all our social media platforms. Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, and don't forget to use the hashtag, hashtag BBM Podcast. Let us know what you think and what you want to hear, what you want to listen to. I mean, we're here for you. We're here for you. Happy New Year to one and Alex. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Film fans and Alex and Vaughn, this is Beer, Bourbon, and and a a movie. Movie.